Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we have a little college gymnastics update because yes, college gymnastics season will be here before you know it. So crazy. And we also have an interview with Rising Junior on the Arizona State Gymnastics team, Hannah Scharf. So stick around for that a little later in the episode. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our gold level Patreon supporters. A big thank you goes out to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all so much for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. It truly means so much, and you all help make this podcast what it is, so thank you. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon member, we have a link to our website down below in the show notes. If you go to our website, you will see a tab that says support us, and then from there, it'll take you to our Patreon and give you more information on what you get at each tier level, how much it costs, all the details, so make sure you check that out if you're interested. Now, let's get into today's episode. So before we get into our interview with Hannah Scharf, we wanted to give a couple quick college gymnastics updates because a lot has happened since we last talked about college gymnastics. So we have some new college gymnastics teams that we can look forward to in the next couple of years. The most recent one is Simpson College. They added men's and women's gymnastics for next season, so the 2022 season. Simpson is a Division III school, but super exciting to see them add both men's and women's gymnastics. Greenville University is also adding men's and women's gymnastics. They're another Division III school. We weren't able to find what season they're expected to start, which is really odd. Like, mm-hmm. I was looking at all of the different releases, like the press releases and stuff, even from the university, and I still couldn't find anything. So maybe I'm just <laughs> dumb and I'm missing something, but I looked and I couldn't find it either. So we don't know exactly when we can expect to see Greenville University actually competing, but we'll keep you guys updated, of course, if we hear anything. But important to know... On the men's side, at least, that's the first time that men's gymnastics was added for any university in 60 years. So it's been a very long time since we've had a new men's gymnastics program. That's huge. And I know with all of the program cuts that we're seeing on the men's side in particular, it's nice to finally hear some good news in college gymnastics on the men's side. Because, yeah, I feel like lately it's just been like programs getting cut programs getting cut programs getting yeah. cut i forget exactly what number it was down to for men's gymnastics but i want to say it was around 10 programs still yeah. in existence i so think so it's been dwindling slowly over time but now to have another program being added that's super exciting so we're looking forward to seeing that and then also i'm sure most people know this by now clemson is also adding women's gymnastics they're expected to compete in the 2024 season so we have a couple years before we actually see them on the competition floor but exciting to see so many new teams within a short period of time also remember i like you they're also a really new program they competed last season for the first time but yeah just it's so exciting to see so many new programs you know joining the college gymnastics world we'd love to see that and it's been a while too since we've seen such an influx in programs like I think prior to LIU Lindenwood and then Arkansas was like relatively new teams yeah Yeah. and that was within like what a 10-year span I would say yeah so to really have three programs being added two of which are men's yes in such a short period of time 
it's so, so important for the growth of college gymnastics. And I'm so glad that we're finally at this point where we're having universities actually, you know, kind of buying into gymnastics and realizing what having a gymnastics team at their university could bring for the school. Yeah, and we talk about this a little bit later in our interview with Hannah, but I think it depends on where you go to school. Obviously, some schools, they treat gymnastics a little bit better than other schools, but... College gymnastics is actually really, really popular, contrary to what people might think. And when I say people, I mean, like, people outside of the gymnastics world, obviously. Like the football bros. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, they think that football and basketball is the only sport that matters. Right. But there's a really large fan base for college gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And we see that at schools like Utah, you know, like in the SEC with Georgia and Florida and LSU and Alabama, like, huge, huge fan bases. And... I just think that the sport as a whole, even if it's people, you know, from different countries, people who are from states that may not have a college gymnastics program, they're still interested in college gymnastics because we see that on the gym tonight. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to see more teams being created and hopefully more interest that will come from that in college gymnastics when you have more teams on different college campuses. So I think it's only a good thing. I also want to talk about a few conference switch-ups that we're going to be seeing in the next couple of years. So the biggest one is Oklahoma going from the Big 12 to the SEC. That's huge. That is really big, and I'm excited for it. Also a little bit not sure how it's going to work because there's just so many good teams in the SEC conference. It was already a powerhouse conference to begin with, and then you add in Oklahoma a top ranked team, national title contending team, to the mix, you know, that's going to complicate things even more. (laughs) And when it comes to, like, the SEC championships, they already have two sessions, four teams in each session, so now they're going to have to do a bye in one of those sessions. Kind of like Big Ten's does. Yeah. So, and obviously, we should probably clear this up, too, even though gymnastics fans already know this, but it goes without saying that this is not a decision that was made because of the gymnastics team in any way. It's the university that's moving to the SEC, so it's going to affect football, all the sports. We're just thinking about it, obviously, from a gymnastics lens and how, you know, it's going to be at the SEC championships and they're going to have to have buys now. And we're we're thinking about it in a gymnastics perspective and all the effects that it'll have. But for the university and the athletic program, I mean, moving to the SEC conference is a great thing. Yeah. And I actually heard that the SEC... I think they're like low-key like trying to take over the world because somebody told me, and I don't know how reliable this is because I'm not like super into sports outside of gymnastics, so I don't follow this stuff very closely. So if somebody knows this answer, please correct me if I'm wrong, but feel free to put it in her place. I heard that the SEC is trying to snatch up Michigan. And I'm like, please don't. (laughs) They're already a powerhouse conference, and they're really just trying to take over the world. Right. (laughs) But I like having diversity, and I like seeing different conferences. Like, I liked the fact that Oklahoma was in this conference that, gymnastics-wise at least, didn't really have a whole lot of, like, national contenders. Like, it kind of made them, like, a big deal in that conference. Yeah. And so I think when you start to take all these big teams, like Oklahoma, and I don't know, maybe possibly Michigan, if that's something that's in the works. I don't know, but, like, I don't know. I don't want everybody to be in the SEC that's no fun yeah like am I I, wrong no I agree with what you're saying it's nice to have top teams spread out in different conferences and not all be in one conference it would make for a great SEC championships don't get me wrong oh it's gonna be really exciting the SEC championships is basically gonna just turn into the national championships pretty much (laughs) 
for fans wondering when this is actually all going to play out, it's not expected to happen until the 2025 season. Gosh, that seems so far away. It does. Yeah, 2025. Like, I've never even said 2025 before. <laughs> we just haven't even, like, thought that far yet. <laughs> not there yet. But, yeah, so we got quite a while still until that actually happens. But just keep it in the back of your mind that within the next couple of years, Oklahoma will be joining all of the other top schools in the SEC conference. So it'll be exciting. Also, it kind of relates to this next one a little bit because when I found out that Oklahoma was going to be leaving the Big 12 conference, I, as well as some other gymnastics fans I saw talking about this on Twitter, was a little bit unsure of what was going to happen to the Big 12 conference because as far as gymnastics goes, there's really not that many teams. You have Oklahoma, Denver, West Virginia, and Iowa State. So if you take out Oklahoma, that leaves three teams in the conference. Not a very intense battle for that <laughs> conference title, I would say. And for a hot second there, I was starting to think that maybe like this is going to be the end of the Big 12 conference. But then we found out that BYU is going to be joining the Big 12 conference. And that is going to be happening in 2023 for the mm-hmm. 2023 season, I guess, I guess I should say. So BYU will be in the Big 12 Conference for a short period of time along with Oklahoma before Oklahoma leaves. Two years. So, yeah, we'll see an overlap there a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay with that. I think that it makes more sense to have at least four teams in a conference. Yeah, I feel like if you were to have any less than four you would have to do kind of like the Mountain Rim Conference, which, which is just, where BYU comes from. Yes, but you would almost have to do something like that with these teams and like either plug them into that conference. I don't quite know because I think it, it's not that the Big 12 Conference doesn't have a lot of schools. It's just that they don't have gymnastics programs. So then yeah. you're kind of left with these like three random schools it doesn't really feel like a conference anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. So, so I am in favor of BYU joining because at least that way when Oklahoma leaves, you'll still have four teams in the Big 12 conference. That makes it a little bit better. And who knows? I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but teams do switch. I mean, Nebraska used to be in the Big 12 conference, I believe. Yes. And then they joined the Big 10. So yeah. <laughs> Big 12 to Big 10. So, like, it does happen, but... Who knows? I guess I'm fine with it. It's definitely not as exciting as Oklahoma moving to the SEC, but I think it's going to make things a little bit more even just to have four teams in the conference. So with Oklahoma going out, BYU coming in, I think everything's going to be all right. And then the last update, which I've seen a lot of different opinions on this, so we'll discuss our thoughts here, but for the NCAA regional championships as well as the NCAA national championships, the Division One Competition Oversight Committee approved adding one day each for each of those competitions in between the days of competition. So let me elaborate on that. So you have for regionals, semifinals, and the finals, there will be a day in between those two competitions now. And then same thing with nationals. You have semifinals and finals. They used to be back-to-back. Now there's going to be a day in between those two competitions. So there's a lot of opinions on this. Yes. I think my first thought when I first saw the news was that, good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because it gives the athletes an extra day to rest in between the competitions. And I also think it's a little bit more fair because – I've always thought it was 
a little bit unfair that the gymnasts that compete in the first semifinal have more time to rest and recoup than the gymnasts competing in the second semifinal. Because basically, whenever that second semifinal is, the competition, the, the final competition is... 24 hours, within 24 hours of that. Usually less than that, I would say. Yeah, and the gymnasts that go in that first semifinal, they have several more hours, you know, of rest time. So I think having this extra day is a good thing because now all the teams that have advanced to the finals will have an opportunity to rest and prepare themselves mentally and physically for that competition. And I think if athletes and coaches were advocating for this, then – Good. It's Which a good change. They definitely were. From what I've seen, the not only just like coaches, but the gymnasts, they seem to be like in support of this. This is something that they've been wanting and, and they've been advocating for. So um, I know when it comes down to like the people who are actually the ones having to do that schedule, that back to back, it's hard on them. Yeah. So I think that this is something that you know they're viewing as a positive thing and so ultimately you know we're going to view it as a positive thing because it's really it comes down to them and what they feel comfortable with and what they want Mm -hmm. i can understand the frustration from a fan perspective because some people don't have you know the extra hours at work to be able to take off for another day for travel or having the extra money to be able to afford another day in a hotel or an airbnb or right. you know another day that you had to buy food and go out and do things and spend money unless you're just sitting there all day doing nothing it's it's money it's another day of spending money it's like you said another day off of work and for some people that might not be a problem at all but you know for others that's something that they have to consider so do you think that that's going to hurt the ticket sales then? I think it could, potentially. I mean, I guess we'll see the first season of that rule being in effect. We'll see how it happens. But I can see that that would potentially affect ticket sales because, you know, regionals was already a really long competition. Not everyone actually goes to that very first day, which is the playing round. Usually it's just, oh my God, I completely forgot about the playing round. Yeah. <laughs> For so, regionals. Re- so regionals is now... You know, with the competitions and this day in between, the semifinals and the finals, it's a four-day event. Yeah. And, you know, nationals, pretty much the same thing. You don't really have that playing round or anything, but you still have that extra day in between the competitions. And it makes it a whole weekend. Instead of going home on Sunday, you now have to find something to do on Saturday, and then you're going to a competition and probably going home now on Monday. So it does complicate things for people that don't have flexible schedules with work or people that don't have a lot of money. I think it does, you know, complicate things. And I think that we might see that affected in the ticket sales. I feel like, and I've seen other people say this as well, a smart thing to do would be to have the men's and women's at least national championships sandwiched in between each other. So that way it still would be like this four day escapade and it would still be like, it would still make for a long weekend, but it would solve the issue of fans having to like find something to do with this random day off. They would have a men's meet, a women's meet, a men's meet, a women's meet. Boom. And that's a good idea too, because it would help just get more fans in the stands for men's gymnastics, which I think they already struggle with anyways. Right. But look at what happened with the Olympic trials. Me and Ashley were at the Olympic trials where they had that format where it was, you know, men's day one, women's day one, men's day two, women's day two. And the amount of people, it was a record-breaking crowd for the women, and it was also a pretty large crowd 
for men. Oh, definitely record breaking for the men's too. And I would not have been at that meet if it weren't for the women's competition. Like, let's be real, that's why I was going. But I have this extra day in between. And you have a ticket. And I have a ticket. So, and that's at night. So I'm over here, like, I have my morning to go explore the city, do whatever I want to do, sleep in, whatever I'm doing that day. And then that night, I have this ticket for a men's gymnastics meet. Might as well go, right? And then I'm over there having the time of my life. Like, why have I never been to a men's gymnastics meet? Because it's so underappreciated by gymnastics fans, including us. Like, I'm owning up to this. Like, I've I've always just been, like, so into women's gymnastics Mm -hmm. that I've kind of never really paid attention to men's. But then when I had this opportunity to go, I actually really enjoyed it. And you know, to contemplate doing it again. So I think it's a great idea to draw interest to men's gymnastics and help grow that side of the sport. Yeah, and I think it just gives people an option of something else to do if they don't want to go out. I mean, we're the kind of people, personally, we like to go out and explore and do things. But, you know, if you've already been to that city and with the NCAA championships constantly being in the same city like it's been a fort worth it feels like for the last 20 years okay it hasn't actually been but it's been like four three yeah it's it's been in fort worth several years in a row and it's going to be in fort worth again this year and i'm pretty sure the next year (laughs) so like once you've already been there like what else are you going to do you know what i mean like okay yeah you can go out to eat and find something to do i'm sure but But it gets old yeah kind of it's It's not not the most convenient thing for the fans and i totally get that and i feel that I will also say, though, for people that have gone to NCAA championships in the past, you know, back in the day, they used to have event finals as its own separate competition. So nationals actually was a three-day competition anyways, because you had the semifinal rounds, then you had the finals, and then on the very last day, you had event finals. Yeah, I think 2013 was the last year they did that, and Mm -hmm. they went away with it in 2014. Yeah. So also there's that argument, too, for people saying that, like, you know, it's another day of competition. I mean, I get it. It's another day of actual competition. So there is something for you to do. But, you know, it's not like NCAA championships has never been a Monday through Sunday event before because it has. Hey, it's Ashley in editing. I just wanted to say I meant to say Friday through Sunday, not Monday through Sunday. Don't really know what I was thinking. I think my brain was doing one thing and my mouth was doing another. I mean, Friday through Sunday. <laughs> But I agree with you. I think it would be really smart to combine men's gymnastics with the women's gymnastics and, yeah, get more fans in the stands for both. I want to hear what you guys think about this because I know it's kind of – there's some people that feel really passionately about it. I think some people don't really care. They're just, like, chill with it. I think my overall feeling, like we said in the beginning, is I'm just happy that the athletes are happy with it. I think they will benefit from having an extra rest day in between. So – Although there's a part of me that's like, eh, like another day. That's not the most ideal thing. You get that it's an inconvenience to some people. Yes. But, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Again, I think if the coaches and the athletes, the ones that actually have to go out there and compete this whole weekend and be on mentally this whole weekend, if they're the ones that are advocating for this and they're the ones that actually want this change, it's all about them. So us as fans, we just have to accommodate that sometimes. And I personally, I'm okay with that. I'm over here like, your girl don't got a lot of money to go and spend, but I find something to do just to be able to go to NCAA championships and allow those girls an extra day in between if they need it. So I'm cool with that. So let's move into our interview with Hannah Scharf, who is a rising sophomore at ASU. Brittany, I believe you got some stats for us on Hannah. I do. 
So Hannah is a second team All-American on bars and in the all-around, which she earned at the NCAA Championships last season, where she competed as an individual. She is also All-Pac-12 first team in the all-around and is one of the MVPs of Arizona State's gymnastics team. She competed in the all-around in every meet last season and scored a 9-9 or better 15 times so she is the real deal and she is looking to have another standout season in 2022 hannah and her team have some big goals for the season and we discuss it all so without further ado please welcome to the show hannah scharf so has the team started official practice yet no we start on monday Okay. Some teams have already started and then some are coming up. So yeah, we started eight hours when school started um, or like the week after school started. So yeah, this is our last week and then we get started on Monday. Okay. So, but the whole team is on campus and stuff. Yes. Yeah. We've been on campus since all of us have been here beginning of July. I think some would come like in and out for the weekends and stuff, but for the most part, like we've all been here since July. So what kinds of things did you work on over the summer just to like get ready for season and all that? Yeah. So, um, normally I would go home in the summer, but so I'm from Canada, Mm -hmm. um, and COVID was like really bad at the beginning of the summer. So I decided to stay and then I needed a new passport and then I like sent my old one in and then things got better back home. So I couldn't go back home, but, um, I was working out a lot, um, a lot of conditioning. I was in the weight room a ton as well. I was in like four or five times a week and then just really like keeping up with my training. I was, I was taking anatomy at the beginning of the summer. So that was also kind of like keeping me busy. So I've missed like practice here and there, but for the most part, I was just in the gym, keeping up with my stuff and staying healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw a video of you doing a one and a half, I think like a week ago. Is that an upgrade that you're planning to do this season? Or like what other yeah. things can you share that you're working on? Yeah, that's new. Um, I've actually never competed that in my life before. I've probably landed not very many. Um, <laughs> so this is like the first time it's actually been like really consistent. Um, yeah, the but, one in the like, video of you looked really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, because they were like not consistent in club at all. Like I was actually working doubles mainly in club because I could not land a one and a half for the life of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've gotten so much more consistent over the past couple of weeks, but I'm really happy with it. And then I'm trying to upgrade bars a little bit or just like change it around. Um, so I'm trying to do I'm working on Ray pack and then I would do half pirouette and then dismount. So I did that a little bit freshman year, um, but it just wasn't working out. It was really inconsistent. So yeah, yeah, that's what oh, we're trying to do. Cool. I'm excited to see hopefully the one and a half this season. <laughs> too. I know. Me too. I'm like, oh, I get to college and I'm making upgrades. That's, I think that's cool, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old dogs can learn new tricks. <laughs> no, literally. That's what I feel like. I'm like, I'm almost a grandma and I'm learning <laughs> new tricks. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I know. So we'll talk more about the upcoming season in a little bit, but I want to go back to last season because you guys had one of the best seasons in ASU's program history. So you were fourth at Pac-12s after qualifying to the evening session for the first time ever in school history. You guys advanced to regional finals for the first time in program history, and then you finished the season in ninth. So I'm curious, what do you attribute the team's success to last season? 
I think our motivation and just our determination, I think um, we did have like a really young team. So my class, there were six of us. And then the freshman class, there were seven. So like the majority of the team was really young, but we all kind of had the same goal and we were all on the same page. So I really think that's kind of what contributed to like how much we improved over the year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just really like everybody wanting it, I think, definitely. And at regionals, you guys had an amazing performance. You guys just barely missed out on qualifying to NCAA as a team. You guys got a 1976, which is a massive score. And I think that would have advanced you out of like two of the other regionals, which is heartbreaking. No. So I guess how as a team did you guys handle that disappointment of being like so incredibly close yeah. and then just falling a little bit short? Right. I honestly don't, I mean, we were a little disappointed, but we really did everything we absolutely could do. Like, I feel like that was the meat that it could not have gone any better. So I really don't think there was much room for like disappointment. I think it was more of the uncontrollables. That's where it kind of came from. And that's something that like, we don't like to focus on because I mean, you can't do anything about the uncontrollables. So right. we were just really trying to focus on ourselves and focus on like what we were doing. Cause at the end of the day, like, I don't think anybody really expected us like much out of us on day two. So I think that also kind of helped us just like do everything like we could. There was really no pressure. We just wanted to do our best. And so I think that was kind of what got us there. Yeah, I think the outcome of that meet had a lot of people in the gymnastics community fired up. Just I think so too. It came down to like the last couple of routines and like, in my opinion, there was some questionable scoring going on, but we don't have to get into that. I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. Like you guys, you guys killed it. And you yeah, deserve thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Were you guys aware of how close that meet was? Or are you kind of just like in your own zone, in your own bubble, and you really have no idea what's going on until the meet's over and you look up at the scoreboard? Right. So we started on beam and we were, it's always so nerve wracking starting on beam because you're like, you just got to get it out of the way. So once we got it out of the way, I don't think we were really looking at the scoreboard at all. It wasn't until we finished bars where we were like, we are so close. Like this could actually happen. And then we just fell short. So really we were kind of like just staying within ourselves. We like really tried to emphasize, like, don't like, do not physically watch other teams because then it would just psych us out. And so we just like needed to stay together. So no, like we, I don't even think any of us had like an idea, like how close we were. Yeah. And although the team didn't qualify, you and then your teammate Cairo qualified as individuals. So yeah. just talk about that experience, what it meant to you and what you've learned from that experience. Yeah. So I obviously wanted the entire team to go and I totally thought we had the potential, but I was like so honored to be able to represent this school coming in as a freshman. I did have high expectations for myself. And I feel like, I mean, COVID kind of got in the way of freshman year, but I like wanted to do more after freshman year. I feel like I had more to prove. So I feel like last year I finally was able to like prove to myself, like my capabilities. Um, so just being able to like represent the school and then being alongside with Cairo, who's been there, she was there two or three times. Mm -hmm. um, 
I had somebody that did have experience. So I was trying to like follow in her footsteps because I mean, she really left a legacy at the school. And you rotated with Michigan while you were there. Yeah. I'm curious, what is it like being there with a group of girls that's not your team? Do you kind of feel like for that weekend, you're like a part of the other team or is it just really hard to be there and not have your team there with you? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, of course, like I wanted my team there, but Michigan was like, they were so welcoming. I We literally made a TikTok like before we even got to Texas. One of the girls like texted me and was like, hey, we want to make a TikTok with you. Like, this is what we're going to do. So like we made a TikTok and like the first time I met them all, they were also like friendly and welcoming and like watching them like live out their dreams. I was like so inspired and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to do that with my team. Um, so yeah, they were definitely like super welcoming. Um, but of course, like I wish my team was there too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'd imagine that's probably like a weird in between like there's a part yeah. of you that's like you obviously probably get along with all of the girls like you all have a lot in common being high level gymnasts and college athletes but then it's like you also want your team at the same time yeah, it's, not the same. Sure. it's like no offense to Michigan but I want my team there <laughs> I wish I wish you guys were my team but yeah <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> Um, individually though, last season, you had like a breakout year. You had career highs on bars, beam floor, and then also the all around. You matched your career high in vault. You were second team all American on bars. And also I think in the all around, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I forgot to write it down <laughs> in my notes, but then afterwards I'm like, wait a second. I think she was in the all around too. So, okay. yeah. um, so what clicked for you last season? I really think COVID had like a bigger impact on me than like I realized being off for so long. I mean, it gave my body like a really nice break. So I think that also kind of contributed as well. Um, but I think like having the sport like taken away from you completely is really like eye opening. Like you really can't take this for granted because it, it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I think it really sparked my motivation and kind of like gave me like a fresh start, which I think like I did kind of need. So yeah, I think it was like COVID that kind of let it under me a little bit. <laughs> it's like a blessing in disguise. Totally. Yeah. That's what I kept telling myself too. I'm like, everything happens for a reason being off for however many months it was like, everything happens for a reason. There's a greater good. So, and I mean, there was so <laughs> so when you look back at last season do you have like a favorite moment or like a highlight it was definitely regionals day two we were all so proud of each other I mean we were all crying it wasn't even because like I had made nationals I was like so excited that I made nationals but like just how far we had come and like I feel like how many people we had proved wrong and just our like true abilities finally being able to like come out was like oh my gosh our hard work like finally paid off so probably yeah national or um, regionals day two yeah. yeah do you have a favorite team to compete against I'm just curious um okay we were supposed to compete against LSU freshman year and I was actually really looking forward to that meet because they have a beautiful arena like it is mm -hmm. oh my god it yeah. is so cute but I also really like Utah because they also had a really nice arena and my roommate, yes like <laughs> people in Utah love gymnastics I'm not sure like what it is and I wish more places were like that but like 
my roommate's parents, they were athletes that went to Utah and they said like, even then it was always like, oh, are you going to the gymnastics meet tonight? Like everybody goes. So like the energy is like crazy. I mean, we went to Utah a lot last year. So I was kind of like, yeah, a little bit next, but it's probably one of my favorite places. I feel like with schools like Utah, football and football why do you say it like that football (laughs) (laughs) I suddenly from New Jersey (laughs) but football and basketball they're like the most popular sports like everyone goes to and it's like a cool thing to do on campus but I feel like in Utah and like some of the SEC schools gymnastics is like the hot thing in town like everyone loves gymnastics (laughs) I know we're really trying to like work on that here we're like we got to get a roll on. I mean, we're getting a new arena. It'll probably be ready next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has less seats than the arena we're in now, but I think it's going to make it like feel bigger because the seats are more like filled, yeah. but I know we're trying to make ASU like a, we got a gymnastics meet school. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to rewind and talk about the recruiting process for you because you're an mm-hmm. international athlete. You mentioned you're from Canada. So I guess how did you become interested in doing college gymnastics? Did you have teammates that were doing it? Or was it something that you always wanted to do? How did it kind of come about for you? So I was at one club for 10 years and then we decided like it was time to make a switch. I just wasn't improving as much as I had hoped for anymore. So I feel like I just, I had outgrown the gym a little bit. So I switched to a second gym. And then from there, I went elite. I kind of like skyrocketed there. I was like doing stuff like I didn't know like I could do. So then I went elite, kind of like, I think it was sophomore year. I started to be like, hey, I need to like start looking at schools or something. Cause like if elite isn't going to work out, um, I definitely want to go to school. So I just started like looking at schools and stuff. Um, I actually typed up like one great big email and then I like changed the name of each one and sent them to a whole bunch of schools yeah so like <laughs> you're life so hack so. you're saying life hack basically literally life hack big email change the names send Just it make, to you me. gotta make sure you change the name though because I've done that before <laughs> and not change the name and then I send it and I'm like crap I didn't change the name that was what I was really worried about too. And if I couldn't like find the email for a school or whatever, I just like didn't email them. But I was like double checking every time. I'm like, because that would be really bad if I if it was like here so and so. It's like sorry, what? Um, yeah. So yeah, then I just started kind of looking at schools, um, emailing them. There wasn't like a ton of exposure of like collegiate gymnastics in Canada. It's definitely gotten better over the past couple years. Um, but at the time they're just like, I really hadn't like known anybody that had gone off to school, um, in the U S. So I felt like I was kind of a little bit on my own trying to navigate through it, but yeah, I think it kind of worked out. I'm happy where I am. (laughs) So did you have like any college coaches that came up to Canada to see you or was it all just kind of like, like virtual type interactions? Um, so when I was a junior at nationals I know there had been a couple coaches there I don't think there were any that were like interested in me but then it was my senior year um Jay had come to watch I mean I had already been committed by then but Jay had come to watch um he had watched practice a couple months before that too but he was at nationals and then there was there was another school 
that was there. Oh, it was Nebraska. They were asking about me, but I had already been committed and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so there are like, I think there's more scouts now, but when like, I either didn't even like notice them or I just like, wasn't, I just didn't know kind of. <laughs> so did you come to the United States to do visits and stuff? Um, yeah. So Maryland really wanted me to come for a visit. Um, ASU and then U of A also, I had come to ASU on an unofficial. And then after I left here that same weekend, I went to U of A for like an actual official, or maybe it was both officials. I was here one weekend. And then like the next day I was in, um, U of A. So I visited there. I didn't visit Maryland. Um, but those were like the only three schools that were like really, um, interested. I had emailed Michigan actually, saw junior year or sophomore year they said like they only had walk-ons available Mm. and so uh, yeah that one didn't work out but Mm. I got to rotate with them at nationals right so maybe like in a weird way it kind of did work out kind of yeah (laughs) for a day yeah (laughs) Um, so what led you to Arizona State I loved the campus the weather is super awesome it's so pretty um, the staff here is like super supportive too. the academics, whatever you need, they get us tutors. Um, my academic advisor, John, he's great. Um, he helps me with whatever I need. And then Jay and Jess, I feel like they were both just like super motivated and like they had these high expectations and goals for the team. So like they were really involved as well, which I, I really liked. And then the, the girls also like, they were really motivated and I could, it was just like something that I really wanted to be a part of. And I could see like the change or the, yeah, the change in culture um, coming up. So that was just something that like, I really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. And you've been in Arizona, obviously for a few years now, that's something that's on my bucket list. I want to go to Arizona. Yes. So can yes. you tell our listeners, but also like mostly me low key, cause I just want to know like, what are your recommendations for things to do and like things that I have to see when I'm in Arizona? Okay. I love Scottsdale. Scottsdale is super pretty. Um, some parts kind of remind me of like California. Mm-hmm. So Scottsdale is super fun. Um, Lake Pleasant is really fun too. We went there. I think we went to Lake Pleasant. We went there a couple weeks ago in the summer and like, we went like cliff jumping and stuff, which was super fun. A lot of people, there's like a marina there. So they bring like their boats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is there to do? I have, like, I haven't even, like, been around very much, quite <laughs> honestly. Have I you been to the Grand Canyon? Around. Pardon? I haven't even been to the Grand Canyon. You you haven't? <laughs> no. I all right, you're doing it all wrong. What are you doing? I know. I know. I really want to get up to Flagstaff in the winter, though, because I love the snow coming from Canada. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get up there in the winter. I heard Flagstaff is super fun, though, too. Okay. Yeah. If I'm going to Arizona, like obviously I'm going to see the Grand Canyon. And you're going for the heat. I can't imagine you're going for the snow in Flagstaff. So (laughs) no, no, we're in Michigan and we have plenty of snow. We're good on that. (laughs) Okay. Don't go to Flagstaff in the winter then, (laughs) but definitely sometime in the fall, it's still pretty hot right now. Um, but like October, November is like perfect. Mm-hmm. and even into December it's perfect good to know I'll note all this down okay <laughs> and obviously I'm gonna have to come out for a gymnastics meet too so obviously gymnastics <laughs> yes <laughs> so what are you majoring in at ASU and then what are some of your career goals or like what do you want to do once you graduate 
Yeah, so I'm majoring in medical studies. Um, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do. I'm leaning more towards pharmacy, uh, like pharmaceutical. I cannot go to med school. I can't do that. It's <laughs> school for me. I thought about PA, but I'm like, eh, I feel like it's kind of too close to being a doctor. So like no surgeries. I'm like, I don't want somebody's life in my hands like that. Yeah. So I feel like pharmacy is kind of like a good balance. Still like helping people and in the healthcare, but not responsible for people's lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I'm thinking something like that. Okay. And then what kind of things do you like to do when you're not doing gymnastics? Like when you have free time, what are you doing? I hate this question. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I really like to be outside. Um, Sometimes it's hard in Arizona because it's so hot, but like back home, I love to like be at the lake and stuff. I have a a bunch of friends that have cottages or like lake houses. So um, I like to go up there a lot. Um, I don't know. I like to just kind of hang out with my friends relax I'm not I don't really have any hobbies I need to I need I mean, a hobby. it's fair though because you do gymnastics at a really high level and you're like a student so like it makes sense yeah you might not have a lot of free time lot. yeah so when like I do have free time I just like to like hang out and relax yeah no yeah, that's totally fine couple laughs yeah (laughs) yeah so I guess kind of shifting gears and looking again to this season what are the team's goals I mean I know it's early on so you guys are like just kind of like getting back together and stuff yeah you haven't even started practice yet right but like do you (laughs) do you kind of have an idea of like what the team's goals are or at least your like personal goals Mm -hmm. definitely make NCAA nationals is like the top of our our goal list for sure I think that's something that we can definitely make happen um every year our goal is to beat u of a it's just a a no discussion goal beating u of a and then we want some more 197s um i think we're aiming more towards mid to high 197s yeah those are like only three i can kind of think of at the top of my head we have talked about our goals we have quite a few though so i i can't remember all of them yeah (laughs) You guys, are, you guys are doing big things though and like based on yes. how last season went like that was my like lasting impression of last season which is how good you guys were and like I don't know I just feel like big things are in store and I'm not just saying that so you're on our podcast like I actually think this team is like building up to big things mm-hmm. thank you and I I still feel like some people like they make the excuse of COVID for our successes last year and I don't think COVID had like anything to do with it I really think we have like a lot of talent on the team and we have girls that like want to work hard. So I think that's, it, it wasn't COVID. <laughs> what about like a team motto? I know some teams have mottos. Do you mm-hmm. guys, do you guys have one for this season yet? We have a hashtag. It's hashtag let it burn, which is kind of cool. I um, like that. Yeah. Isn't it cool? <laughs> yeah. I what last year's was, um, I forget what last year's was, but yeah, I like, I like forks up or something. Pardon? Was it forks up or am I making that up? No, that's like their. Yeah. Isn't that like a school saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not from there. I don't know. Oh what was it? We did have one thing. It was like eat soup with a fork. Oh, it would stay hungry. That's what it was. Hashtag stay hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so, like the fork, like you don't you're eating it with a fork and it's yeah. not anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. 
Um, okay, so final question. What advice do you have for young gymnasts who want to compete like in college someday like yourself? What advice would you give to them? It sounds cheesy, but never give up really. Like I, when I was at my first gym and even like the first couple months um, at my second gym, I was like, I really didn't think I was gonna come to college. Honestly, I just didn't think like I was good enough or I didn't have the exposure. So really like, if you want something like go after it, as long as you're putting in the time and the effort and dedication in the gym, the results are going to show for sure. Stay motivated. Um, keep working towards your dreams. Sounds cheesy, but that's, it's what I tell myself too. The hard work will pay off. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. And we wanted to say, of course, thank you again to Hannah for taking the time out of your day to come join us on our show. We are rooting for you and your team this upcoming season. We can't wait to cheer you guys on and we're pulling for you guys to make it to nationals. So we'll be in your corner. We also just wanted to let you guys know that at least for the time being, we're going to be doing episodes every two weeks. So we're going to be moving to a bi-weekly schedule instead of weekly. That just works better for us right now with our work and school schedules and our crazy busy lives. So we hope you guys are okay with that and are understanding to that. Maybe at some point in the future, again, we can go back up to weekly, but right now it's just in our best interest to focus on work and school primarily and then try and do episodes every two weeks. So with that being said, we're planning an episode right now that we hope to have out in two weeks and it's going to be kind of a fun one. So Brittany and I had this idea to, I guess, kind of quiz our mom and our older brother who really aren't gymnastics fans, but they know a decent amount just from being with us. Yeah, they know enough about the sport, I feel like, to have a little competition of who knows more. And they're pretty, you know, relatively easy questions that we've come up with, but we're hoping to trick them on a few of them and see who comes out on top. So hopefully that'll be a fun one. We also have at least two other interviews that they're not scheduled yet, but we have the person um, agreed to do it for at least two of them. So we also are kind of chipping away at that, trying to get some stuff scheduled and maybe pre-recorded with that bi-weekly schedule that Ashley was talking about. The idea or the hope would be to have at least one interview a month and then have the other episode be like an update or kind of just something random and fun, whatever it is. You know, right now is kind of a downtime. What was that? Oh, that was not good. Anyways, the show must go on. I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, I think what I was saying was we want to have at least one interview a month and then the other week will be a kind of just random episode. Oh, I know what I was saying. I was saying that there's not a whole lot of gymnastics going on right now. So there's not really a whole lot to talk about unless we're like going back and like watching old meets and talking about that. We'll see. I think the bi-weekly schedule will work better anyways right now, just with, you know, so little gymnastics actually happening. So, but we appreciate your guys' support and of course your understanding. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. We love you all. We hope that you have an amazing week, an amazing two weeks, <laughs> and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.